Welcome to the Rebel Babe Cave, where we chat with amazing women within the worlds of sports, fitness, wellness, and business who aren't afraid to keep it real. Every week, we talk careers, relationships, and most importantly, the practice of self-care. Uncensored and unapologetic, you'll walk away from every episode with real-life takeaways and advice. No BS or fluff. I'm your host, Crystal Rose, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Rebel Babe Cave. If this is your first time here, welcome. I am so glad you found your way here. So I just want to point out that we do have a mini series besides our Wednesday, our regular Wednesday episodes. We have little short self-love Sunday bite-sized episodes that release every Sunday. This past one was about protecting your energy and how important that is right now. And next week is actually going to be a really good one too. And it's about the comparison game. So if you haven't checked it out, and you're not subscribed to the podcast, subscribe, check it out, listen to it every Sunday. It's just a little bite-sized episode to kind of kick off your Sunday. So today is a little different from our normal episodes. Normally, I do an interview with a real badass chick, and you guys get to meet her if you don't know her. And if you already know her, then you get to kind of maybe learn some new things about her. So today I have Julie Wilson, who was on the podcast for episode six. And instead of it being like a, hey guys, meet Julie Wilson, is more of a, she's on today. So we can just kind of riff on a subject. Some of my girls have said that they would be really into an episode like this, where maybe I bring back a former guest and we just talk about stuff, you know, in the fitness world, in the diet world. And it's not so much like an actual interview, but more of like two friends chatting about, you know, a subject they're pretty passionate about. So I sat down with Julie. We ripped on diet dogma and how it's become kind of like a religion. And we've even kind of trailed off and talked about some other really important things, body image, stuff like that. So I hope you guys love this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Definitely slide up in my DMs. Tell me what you think about this format. Of course, we're not going to only do this format from now on. We're still going to have awesome interviews with awesome women, but I just thought it would be really fun to kind of change things up. So let me know what you think and enjoy this episode. Okay, guys. So I have Julie Wilson here today. I'm so excited to have her on because I was scrolling through Facebook and I just saw this kind of like rant type post about like the religious dogma of nutrition and diets. And I always get excited when I see stuff like this. And so I asked Julie to come on and I thought we could riff a little bit about this subject because it's such a big thing right now. So let's talk about that. Let's get into it. What like prompted that explosion, that post? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? I am, like I said before, pun intended, I'm fed up (laughs) with with the dogmatic approach to to diets. And I started, you know, I think we've all been 
down the road of trying to find a different diet. You know, I hate to use the word diet because I think it really needs to be a nutrition and a lifestyle, but yeah, you know, diet, let's just say that because that's a big buzzword. And a lot of people are always searching for that magic bullet diet, you know, what's going to work for them. And over the years, I know, you know, my story and I healed myself of, of chronic diseases by switching to a, a raw vegan diet. Now this is like 15 years ago. That diet was extremely healing for me on many, many levels. After a couple of years of that, I felt like I needed to add something else. So I upgraded at that time for me, I needed to add some like dairy, like organic dairy. And I started adding some cooked foods into my diet, like quinoa and rice and stuff like that. So I was a, a full blown vegetarian. Then I felt like I needed a little bit more protein. And this is a few years after, like I was a, a strict vegetarian for probably maybe four or five years. Then I started adding fish. I guess they call that a pescatarian, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then I had fish in the mix. And it wasn't until just about a year ago that I started adding red meat and everything back into my diet. Of course, only like high quality grass fed. And so I think, you know, when you're switching over dietary lifestyle, sometimes it's nice to seek out support because you might have some digestive issues. You, I mean, I hadn't had meat in freaking 12 years. So I was right. like, I, I, I forgot how to cook it. You know, I was like, how's it going to affect me? So I started going on some of these like, like the Facebook groups that they have, you know, and it's like, it used to be with the raw foodists, then it was the vegans, then it was the vegetarians, you know, and then I started kind of seeking out support from the carnivore groups. And the one thing that I've just realized, Crystal, on all of these groups is they're just so judgmental and arrogant about their lifestyle. And if anybody else eats something different, like they, it's a full on battle. And it just, it really repulsed me because I'm like, I'm here learning my body and I'm adjusting what I need over time. The raw vegan diet worked really well for me until it didn't anymore. And then I needed something else. But I was never one of those vegans. It was like, you suck <laughs> eating meat. And then the meat people are like, you suck for being a vegan. Everybody makes fun of each other. And it's like, why can't we just, don't we have enough stuff dividing us right now? Right. Like it's, it's friggin' food. Like it's yes. just, it's friggin' food. I will admit, I do talk shit about certain diets because I think it's insane to, and not because of like health reasons or, or whatever, like you found what was best for you, right? You weren't like, Hey Facebook, I'm trying to lose 30 pounds. Should I go on keto? Like yeah. those are the, the moments where I am just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> because people are looking for that magic bullet or they see like Becky over there lost 20 pounds. So doing this, so like I should too, when they don't even think like, does this work with my actual lifestyle? And, and will this be easy for me to do? Mm -hmm. And then of course, you know, you have the, I've been doing this and it's amazing. I've been keto forever. I'm running on sour cream and, <laughs> and butter and coffee. And like, <laughs> I know, I know. And, uh, here's the thing too. This is what I really like. If I have any message to get across to anyone is everyone is different. So it's like, you know, my blood type, my genetic, my DNA, the, the environment, the climate that I live in, everything about my composition is unique to myself. Right. So why in the world would I say you have to eat exactly what I do in order to be in the best physical shape or feel the best? I mean, we are all in, as individual as our thumbprints. And I think it's really, now I'm always going to push and advocate for like high quality foods, you know, like organic right. and like less chemicals and you know not genetically modified. 
but I, I'm never going to be like, you have to, you can't eat that and you have to have this. And because I don't know what's best for you. I'm still trying to figure out what's best for me. And you know, that's the thing. It's like, and these people just get, and I think really what it boils down, not to get so spiritual and esoteric about it, but food is very, not just personal, but it's very intimate for people. Right. Because you have a relationship with this substance that becomes one with you, if you think about it. And so people are very intimate with their food and they get very passionate about their food and they get very, like we said, judgmental. And I just, I don't find that that serves anyone a higher good to be that way, to be that like meticulous about it. You got to have balance in your life. Right. Like it's kind of like, you know, there are people who are organic is great, you know, grass fed, like, yes, like we want higher quality food. You want to know where your food comes from. Like, let's not eat everything pumped with hormones. There's enough crap that we put on our body that we breathe, that we drink, you know, in our water. And so it's like, yeah, higher quality foods is great. But then you have people who are like, oh, like if you eat something processed, you know, and it's like, that's called balance, you know, like you're not going to die. Because you had some artificial whatever (laughs) (laughs) for a snack or like ate some hot Cheetos, you know, it's, it's going to be okay. Let's try to focus on, you know, that I'm all about the 80, 20 way that 80% like whole foods, healthy shit. Let's get in our veggies. Let's get in our nutrients, you know? And then like, Hey, if you want a donut, it's fine. Eat the donut. Yeah. Eat the freaking donut. Because if you don't yeah. eat the donut and you're like, I'm on a diet, I can't eat donuts, then you're going to like lose your shit and eat like 12. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And I think more women have to have this conversation oh, because yeah. especially with Instagram and social media, everyone's always like, oh, I have to be perfect. I have to, I want her body. I have to be perfect. And everything she posts is a protein shake and a piece of food. <laughs> and, but let's just be real. Nobody's perfect. I mean, you oh. know, and are that regimented then you can't be that happy (laughs) you know it's like I like to know that like you said 80 20 you know I'm most of the time I'm going to choose the highest five foods possible every now and then I'm going to want to go to a rock and roll concert have some whiskey and a hot dog you know what I mean it's like and that to me is enjoying life as long as you're not going overboard with that and sticking to that word balance is so important for so many things in life and people just it's like all or nothing all or nothing and that doesn't work right I mean I totally thought when when I was in my 20s you know I really thought it was all or nothing I thought you had to be on this like crazy restrictive diet and and essentially be miserable and sad and eat salads and like you know stare at cookies and smell them (laughs) but not eat them or you were completely off the rails, you know, like for, it was just an either or for me for years and years and years and years. And I didn't understand moderation. I didn't know what serving sizes were. I didn't know like what a caloric, you know, deficit or balance or energy balance was. I mean, I didn't even really work out. Like to me, working out was like running on a treadmill. I I thought Mm -hmm. that was like what women did to get to get that sexy, like toned body, you know, like that's what I really believe. And I think if there's such a lack of education, especially with women, like what dieting actually is and not only getting to your goal, but the most friggin' important part that no one friggin' remembers is when you get there, how are you going to stay there? Mm-hmm. If you're going to do this like crash bang, keto, intermittent fasting, vegan, shake, whatever diet, like, how are you going to maintain when you get to that goal? Most people, majority of people get there and they're so friggin' exhausted that they just fall off a cliff. Mm-hmm. 
and they gain it back and then some. And then they're more depressed. Yeah. And the cycle continues. Right. And they believe with everything they have that that diet worked for them. They're like, but it worked. The only thing that worked for me was this. And it's like, no, it didn't work because you're not still doing it. Mm -hmm. That's what you're missing. And anytime you restrict calories, you're going to lose weight. I mean, what goes in, if it's not as much as what goes out, then you will lose weight. But some people, you know, with their metabolisms, they might lose weight faster with certain things. I think that's the keto things people, you know, and I've seen it all. I I mean, I I wanted to become a personal trainer back in the 90s, like when I was like 18, 19. And I'm like, oh, let me do this, man. And that was back when it was low fat, you know, yeah. a bagel with just like a plain bagel with health food back then, you know, and it's just like, mm-hmm. and I've just seen everything come full circle and every, everything changes, everything. Yeah. And I will tell you this, I learned the hard way about the balance aspect because without getting into a boring conversation, I will tell you, this is pretty interesting. What happened to me is being a vegetarian for so long, over a decade, I wasn't just what you call like a French fry vegetarian. Okay. I was a health food vegetarian all the way. Like I was, and I told you I was a raw vegan for a couple of years. So the superfoods that I saturated my diet with cacao and maca and all these super fruits and superfoods and goji berries and these powders and these drinks and green juice, kale juice, celery juice, beet juice. This is not something I did every now and then. This was my diet every single day of my life because it healed my body. So I was so passionate about it. I felt like I needed to saturate myself more and more. As the years progressed, I told you I added, you know, some cooked foods and some fish and stuff, but I still didn't eat a lot of those things. I ate mostly, you know, those superfood products. And what really happened to me is just a couple years ago, I started noticing things. My body started breaking down. I started getting massive pain. My hair started falling out in clumps. I had blurred vision spots. I started getting kidney stones. And I'm like, okay, I was like 39, 40 at the time. I'm like, okay, what is going on? Because I'm a really healthy person. Yoga every day, running, weight training, hiking, all of the superfoods. And I'm like breaking down. And I knew something was going on. Long story short, it took me about a whole entire year to figure out what was wrong with me. I had what's called as oxalate poisoning. Are you familiar with oxalate? Mm, I don't. Yeah, I wasn't, and yeah. most people aren't. I feel like um, I might have heard something somewhere about it, but not super familiar now. So explain. Let us all know. <laughs> so there are certain vegetable. Well, all vegetables produce oxalates. Okay, and what it is is it's a, a plant is a living thing too, just like an animal, just like me and you. And plants have survival mechanisms. So the certain plants have higher amount of oxalates in them than others. And what those do is they're like crystallized, basically poison. But in small amounts, we can consume it because the health benefits of what's in that plant supersedes the oxalates. And your body gets rid of them. Like if you're eating them in balance, you know, in in like moderation. If you're drinking pounds of kale juice and celery juice and cacao and quinoa, like patties and stuff, Every single day, your body can't excrete the oxalates fast enough. So they start storing, your body has to store it in places because it can't get rid of it. Your liver doesn't filter it out. So it just kind of stays stagnant in your kidneys. I was getting kidney stones. In your eye sockets, I was getting spotted vision. In your joints, I had severe arthritis. I have to have a hip replacement, by the way. My hips are so bad. And, and it blocks biotin from being absorbed, which explains why my hair started to fall out. 
So after I found this out, I was blown away. And um, I started adding meat in and I did a strictly carnivore diet for three months. And then I started slowly adding more balance back in. I'm finally, and that was about a year ago. And I'm finally to this place now where I'm virtually pain-free. My vision's back. My hair's grown back a lot. And I'm like, okay, so I'm sticking with a balanced diet and I'm eating as healthy as I can, but I'm not like doing too much of anything. That's and crazy. It's crazy, right? And so many people will go to their doctor and the doctor doesn't even think to test. Most doctors don't think to test for oxalate poisoning. So there's, oh, you have lupus or you have some sort of autoimmune disease. When in fact, a lot of people that have been, especially vegans, because if you're not eating dairy, calcium can, can bind with oxalate and remove it out of your body. Hmm. So if you're a vegan and you're not getting a lot of calcium from dairy products, then you have a much higher chance of developing oxalate poisoning. So it was a huge eye opener for me as to, okay, you really can't have too much of a good thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, wow, I have too many you know, I don't smoke, I don't do drugs, I don't really hardly drink that much. Oh, you had too many vegetables. Okay. All right, there you go. <laughs> it's like, I need balance in my life. Well, I mean, that's really crazy because you would think that that would make you like the epitome of health, you know? I know. And I was for a long time. But as it accumulated in my body, it was too much over the years. So having that experience and then also like being, having been a vegan and all of that, like, what do you think about that documentary? Sorry, I can't call it a documentary. That film. Which one? Game Changers. Game Changer or whatever. I don't know if I saw Game Changers. I actually didn't end up watching it because, you know, people like watch something on Netflix and then like, it's all anyone talks about. We all know this from like Tiger King. (laughs) So I guess there was like this, this documentary came out and it was basically about how being vegan is like makes you elite or something like that. I'm fucking it up. But so Lane Norton, Dr. Lane Norton actually went piece by piece through this whole thing, just kind of like breaking it down. You know, there was like a power lifter and he was like 12th or something like that. And it's like, okay, but he's 12th. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. He doesn't eat meat, but like he's 12. But people were like, oh, I watched Game Changers. Now I'm going to be vegan. And like, you know, there were all these tests in it that they did, like when they check the blood and whatever. And so like, it was just all this quote unquote science. But everyone involved in the creation of it had a vested like interest in people being vegan. They had like pea protein products and things like, you know, that they were like basically pushing. So it was just like kind of interesting to see all these people just to be like ready to jump off a cliff and like stop eating meat because of one, one documentary. I mean, it's like the masses love a good documentary. I tell you what, I'm very skeptical of documentaries because I've seen, I've seen a few of them be made and I've seen behind the scenes and I know what goes into skewing the data sometimes. Yeah. I'm not saying that they lie. I'm just saying that they, I can make a documentary about how meat can make you the epitome of health just as good as somebody can make a documentary about vegan. And neither one would be necessarily wrong. But when you're skewing the facts towards one way or the other, it's easy to do. Right. Um, you can get a lot of science back data, quote unquote, that can kind of fight for either side of that cause. There's just so many details left out. I will tell you this. A lot of people, when they first go vegan, feel amazing and have incredible results at first. 
because it's a great diet for detoxing the body. If you've been riddling yourself with fast food and, and hamburgers and shit food for your whole life and then you suddenly go vegan, think about how much processed food that you've stopped consuming and this like greasy meats and rich products and GMOs that you've stopped and you're going more vegan, which you're, so you're restricting a lot of those toxins that you've been piling in your body for a long time. I know that that's what happened to me. And I started, you know, especially being raw vegan because it's not like I was, you know, eating, like I said, I call them French fry vegans because it's like, you know, they're not really healthy. They're just not eating animals. Right. <laughs> um, but you know, it's like, so you will experience some definite health benefits in the beginning of any kind of a restrictive dietary program. Yes. But I don't think that being vegan, and this is my personal opinion, I could be wrong for other people, but what I've noticed with my own body is it wasn't sustainable for a long term. It's a beautiful diet to cleanse and detox the body and get yourself in balance. And then adding the, after six months, a year, maybe even two years, then adding the other foods back in and choosing high quality foods and having a balanced diet. But you know, the same could be said for carnivore. Right. You know, when you stop, you stop eating all these potatoes and rice and, you know, chips and crap and you're just desserts and stuff and you're eating just slabs of meat and stuff. I mean, at first it's going to be healthier for you because you've cut, it's not about what you're eating. It's what we are not eating. Right. And then over time, is it really sustainable to only eat steak every day? I don't think so personally. I think you need to have a balance. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's like, you know, again, the whole detoxifying your body or, you know, cleansing, cleansing with food, I guess, you know, whole 30 does the same thing. It's just kind of like, again, you're cutting out a certain amount of things and you are only eating like high quality with the paleo way, you know, right, yeah. <laughs> it really kills me. It kills me. Like just seeing like some of the recipes out there for like paleo brownies and, pa and I'm like, cavemen didn't have brownies. <laughs> Like if you're trying to figure out a way to cheat, you know, just have the freaking brownie. Yes. Like don't be so restrictive. It's insane. Like, oh my God. Like one more time for the people in the back. For real. Like if you are trying to figure out a way to not do the diet, like find paleo brownies and like all of that crap, like what are you even doing? I mean, I personally, so I do flexible dieting. I count macros and like I go through periods of like, I'll eat generally the same thing. So I won't really need feel the need to track, you know, or sometimes I'm not necessarily logging my food, but I might just like weigh out my cheese because I will just go YOLO and make it rain cheese. Like <laughs> I share that passion for cheese. <laughs> so I'll just, you know, I'll try to keep that in balance, but there are just some things where I'm like, I don't want the substitute. I don't want the helped up version I don't want the black bean brownie. It's like, I'm going to eat a fucking brownie if I want a brownie, you know, like it's not the end of the world. If you just go and have the donut or the brownie or the full fat, whatever, mm -hmm. so it's better sometimes I think to just go for the, go for, I mean, obviously don't like face plant and into an entire like tub of ice cream or something, you know, or eat a whole pizza, but it's like balance. Yeah. Just balance. eat some. My husband, he eats like, you know, the, the real ice cream and I'll get like Halo Top or something. And then like one night, like we were, we were just in there in bed watching a movie or something like that. And I just like took the carton from him and I ate a few bites and I was really happy about it, you know? And it wasn't like, I didn't feel the need to just sit there and like shuffle, but it was like really nice and really satisfying. And I was like, man, real ice cream is so good. 
you don't eat as much of it. I found when I have like some of that like keto ice cream and crap, yeah. it's like powdery and I feel like I could eat like the whole thing and I still don't have my cravings satisfied. But if I have just like a couple scoops of like briars or something and it's like, yeah. oh, it's like I'm satisfied. I don't need to eat the whole carton of it. I think especially when you like never really, you know, I mean, I'm, I don't really eat ice cream or full no, those kind of things. And when you kind of sit down and do it, it's like, Oh, this is, this is really nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, I have things that are non-negotiables. Like I eat taco shells. I don't care. I, I will save aside all of my fat for my, t- my damn hint of lime taco shells and my sour cream. Like that's what I want. I don't want a wrap or which is not, you know, like it's always, no, is this more healthy than the other? Like I always want to be eating food that's delicious and I just don't want anything to do with it. If it's not, I, even the boring stuff, I was actually joking the other day. I was like, I'd never post like the boring food that I eat, you know, cause it's boring. <laughs> I actually posted a picture and it was like chicken, rice and green peppers or something. And it was, I mean, it was good. It tasted delicious, but it, it's just not you know, it's a pretty, pretty simple thing to eat, but I just am not interested in, in, you know, eating five bags of kale when I don't like kale. No. Ugh, and I think, yeah. So much kale juice in my life. <laughs> That's what people I don't ever want to see another piece of kale again. I don't even want it as a garnish on my plate. I'm done. No, like what, whatever the new like superfood is, people feel like they need to like OD on it, you know, and then they'll suddenly lose all this weight and be healthy. I think the only time I've had kale when I actually like it is I've had like a chopped kale salad and it had like, like nuts and feta or something like that on it. It was pretty good. And then like Earth Fair, they shut down, but they had kale lemonade and it had ginger in it, like a lot of ginger. And I love a lot of ginger and it was pretty freaking delicious, but I'm not reaching for the kale on a regular basis. Like, no. And I think we have to, like you said, we can go overboard with it. I'm living proof. I went overboard (laughs) with it. Freaking poison my body there. Yeah. You're going to. You are going to be like my, my defense. <laughs> only me. My mom was like, only you with this happen. I'm like, okay. But you know, like, and I'm like you, like, I'm very honest on my social media. Like I don't try to pretend something I'm not, I'm, I'm always constantly ebbing and flowing with what I, what I do with my health. And you know, like it was just my birthday a couple weeks ago and my husband got me these awesome, like homemade cupcakes from this place. Oh, it was amazing. Cause you know, I'm in California. Everything's still locked down. I'm, I'm sure it is probably where you are too, but like I haven't been able to go to like a restaurant or have like anything hardly at all because we've just been cooking at home. So he brought these cupcakes and I was like, Oh my God. And then someone like I posted a picture of the cupcakes and then I had so many people commenting about it. And one person was like, Oh my God, are those keto cupcakes? And I'm like, why would you think that I would have keto cupcakes on my birthday? <laughs> you don't know me very well. <laughs> no, I had a real glass of red wine and that was a real cupcake and I enjoyed every last drop of it. Oh my God. I'm not going to do keto cupcakes on my birthday. Oh my no way. Can you imagine like how depressing? <laughs> yeah. It's just, I don't, I want to enjoy my life. I want to live life in balance. And I just, I want more people to, to grasp the concept of the word balance. Yeah. And that's like, cause women feel like we have to be so extreme. So many women, not all, but it's just the majority. And it's just cause we have a lot of pressure. Like I said, to be perfect or look like this girl's body or that person. And it's just like, what is healthy for you? You know, I can't be 105 pounds. 
No. I would look terrible. And I know other people... I'm like 5'3", and I would look like absolute death if I was... Yes. Like, sounds like. I, mean, I would look like I needed to be in the hospital. And I know other people that if they go past 110, they start looking too pudgy. Everybody's different with how your body is and, and what works yeah. on your frame and how you feel healthy. And I just want to be fit and trim and quit worrying about the, the scale, you know, <laughs> and the diet. Yeah. Whatever fad is out there right now, whoever's making like whatever diet that you're like pushing or you're promoting or you're swearing by somebody's getting rich off somewhere. Just remember that. <laughs> For sure. I mean, and that's, I think that's why I like really kind of like gravitated towards the whole flexible dieting thing, because to me it was black or white before I was either off the rails or I was super restrictive. And for me, this is kind of like, okay, you have structure, like here's your little structure, but you don't have restrictions and you can fill up your day as you want. Do I think everyone could benefit from it? I mean, sure. You know, it's more of a modality than an actual like diet, but I'm not about to start going on people's posts and start preaching to them. You know, I will tell you that when you're trying to lose 30 pounds and you're like, I want to go care out or like, Hey guys, I'm going to start intermittent fasting. Like that kind of shit makes me want to lose my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Especially with women. I just had this conversation with Lori Christine King on last week's podcast. And we were talking about how studies aren't done on women or, you know, a lot of these diets and intermittent fasting and things like that, because we have cycles and it's really, really, really hard to have the control and to have the variables all line up, you know? So they basically are just kind of like women are mini men, like LCK said, and, and that's it and copy and paste and there you go. And it's just not the case. It's hard for me to not get preachy when I see people just doing that kind of stuff. Well, I do judge people who judge. I need to work on that. <laughs> so I hear you. I'm with you on that. It's like, stop judging. Oh, wait a minute. I'm judging you for judging you. I'm judging you for judging. <laughs> you know, like, you get so tired of it. I mean, I used to go to some of these, like, raw food hippie retreats where it would be, like, fasting and green juice and yoga and, like, and there's nothing wrong. Like, I love that whole lifestyle, so I'm not making fun of it, but going to these retreats where they're supposed to be about love and light and acceptance and grace. And they're there just talking shit about anybody and everybody who has a different diet. Oh my God, I can't believe she's wearing that. And there was so much like just condescension. And I just was like, and not all of them, but a few of them that I went to was just completely over the top dogmatic. And, you know, now that I'm kind of eating meat again, like some of those people have, lashed out at me a little bit and they're like, how dare you? And oh my God, it's like, oh, you know, and I can't believe you're promoting like eating an animal. Like you're just, God, you're going to go to hell. And I'm just like, okay. So first of all, it's called the circle of life, the cycle of life, the circle of life, whatever you want to call it. Something has to die for something else to live. Whether it's a plant, an animal, you have to cut down a tree to build a house. You have to, you know, and I believe like I said, I don't want to get into like the spirituality of all of it, but I do believe in it's all in a cycle, the energy, like you adjust it, comes back in another form and it just continues on like that. We can't go through life thinking that we're not going to kill anything to live. I think it should be done humanely. I don't agree with factory farming and, and all that horrific treatment of animals, but we have to relax a little bit, some of those people on that, because where I do agree with PETA, for instance, I do agree with their concept of, you know, let, hey, let's, 
let's treat animals humanely and, and not like torture them in concentration camps. But at the same time, they do more harm for their cause than good by throwing blood on people and calling you a murderer. And it's just like, then people start to make fun of them and their message gets blurred. Right. You it's kind of like, you know, what do they say? The, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Like, yeah. <laughs> totally. I, I think that if eating animals makes you sad, like, you don't have to eat them. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, and there's so many people out here in LA too. It's just, it's comical. I mean, coming where I come from and now living in Los Angeles, it's, it's really comical. But you, know, you see these people that are like that. Oh my God, you're just awful. And I'm a vegan and how dare you? And then they drive off in their Range Rover with their leather seats and, <laughs> and just kind of like, you're sitting on a dead animal, you know? Like, but it's, it's just comical. It, once again, I'm going to try not to hate on anybody for their dietary choices. I certainly am going to tell you you're wrong if you're yelling at everybody. Yeah. Not being on the bandwagon with you. I totally agree with that. I really think it's like, you know, you have to do the best, make the best choices for you and for your body. And if you don't know what that is, like experiment and figure it out, you know, what works best. And it's not always about, obviously it's not always about weight loss. Sometimes it's just about like, what do I want to put in my body? Like what makes me feel good? what doesn't make me feel good? What should I stop eating? You know, or what are some things that I should integrate into my diet? I think a lot of the times it's just, it's really about weight loss for a lot of people. It's, mm-hmm. I think that we're just in the society where people are consistently just trying to lose weight. That's mm-hmm. whether or not to feel better or because they think they'll look better. I think they'll be happy when they, you know, hit whatever that is. And that's why, you know, the, the diet industry is a, a billion dollar industry, multi-billion dollar industry, because there's always a new diet, trend, pill, uh, <laughs> something. It's honestly really sad that most people have no idea how, like the actual science behind losing weight. Mm-hmm. And I think just piggybacking off what you just said, I think we're so out of our bodies. I mean, we're plugged into our phones. We're plugged into our laptops. We are constantly distracted with life, kids, husband, we got errands, we got here and there. And it's like, we've, we've gotten so detached from our own bodies to understand like, when's the last time you sat and really felt your body? If you drive your car every day and you have the windows down and the, and the stereo blasting, you're never going to be able to hear if there's like a rattle. You know what I mean? It's like, sometimes you have to just drive your own body, so to speak, and feel because your body communicates with you, whether it's through pain, whether it's through, through weight gain or loss, whether it's through hormone changes or, or spikes in blood pressure, or this is just your body saying, hey, you need to, to take a different route. Instead of running to a doctor and getting a pharmaceutical pill, maybe you need to change some of the food you're eating. Maybe you need to eat more food. Maybe you need to eat less food. And you'll realize like when you really get plugged into your own body, mm-hmm. you'll be amazed at how like you'll eat something that doesn't resonate with you and you know it. You're like, okay, I'm miserable. I'm bloated. I feel sick. Something's not right. I, I have no energy. I have like, my brain is foggy. Then that's probably not the kind of like food that you need to be eating and switch gears. But I think we're just so used to saying, oh, somebody else told me what to do. Yeah. Plug into your body and figure out what's right for you. Cause you're the only one that's going to really know how you feel. Yeah. Just tell me what to eat. Just tell me what to eat. Yeah. Like that doesn't help. I, I tell my clients like, listen, there's that old saying where you fish for a man and he eats for a day 
Mm-hmm. Uh, each man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. And I tell them, I'm like, I'm fishing with you. I am right here helping you fish for yourself. And I'm fishing with you so that you, if you have a question or you need to, whatever, but you get to decide what you eat. I don't do meal plans. I'm not like, you know, and it's crazy to me because sometimes people will see like chicken, you know, four ounces of chicken, like on an, on a traditional like meal plan. And they'll be like, but I don't like chicken. And then they have no idea what to substitute it with. Like zero clue. And like, to me, I'm like, what? Or, uh, but I'm not really into broccoli. So I don't know. What do I do? And then they like freak out about it. And it's like, just swap it for something else. I don't like pick anything green, pick anything green, just swap it. Like, it's going to be okay. I like what you said about like getting your body too. I've actually, I've been doing a certification lately and it's, we spend a lot of time in the body, you know, because that's where, like you said, that's where the healing is. That's what your body speaks to you. And it, our brain is just the loudest. That's why everyone, you know, thinks it's all about the mental, 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 because it just doesn't shut up. And our body does speak to us. And like you were saying, like a car, most people are going to, you know, get their car serviced and maintenance and checked up on, you're going to put oil in it and do all the things that you need to do. You don't wait until your car is on fire to take it in, right? You hear a rattle and you're like, huh, well, maybe I should get this checked out. You know, if you wait until you, your car like explodes, like you waited too long, but people do that with their bodies. They wait. I'm guilty of it. You know, I got off hormonal birth control and, and two years later, I'm like, oh, this is weird. Why is my period? Like, I feel like I should have it. And I've had PMS for three weeks and I feel like garbage, but well, you know, it's just kind of, we are so used to these little alarms going off in our body and just kind of ignoring them Mm -hmm. until something blows up basically. Exactly right. That's exactly right. And like, I mean, like I told you before, what I started going through with this oxalate poisoning is I knew there were things that were off and the pain and this and that. And the more that I, I researched and the more that I, I, I would drink more beet juice and do more fast because I thought, oh, that healed my body before. That's going to work this time. And I was just making it worse. When I finally realized what was wrong with me, I'm like, oh, and now magically these things are disappearing one by one. And it's like, okay, I really took the time to like do the research on my own body. Whereas, if, like I said, if I would have just went to the doctor, they wouldn't have known. Yeah. Would giving me some drug for lupus or for this or for that. And so I think that, you know, it is important that we take back the wheel and feel what's going on. And then you, you, you're not going to figure it out overnight. That's the other thing. Everybody's wants instant gratification. I want to meditate in my body one time and know exactly what it is I need to eat. I mean, it's going to take a while and you're going to kind of ebb and flow through your nutritional changes and different stages in your life. You know, when you're young, yeah, when you're like childbearing, when you're menopause, like all these things are going to change in your body and you have to morph with it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, it's, it's like with weight loss, for example, too, you know, like that we were waiting until the car's on fire. Like why are, you know, people get to the point where they're like, ah, I hate my body. I can't take this anymore. I can't, I don't fit in my clothes. Ah. And then they're like, I need to lose this weight now. And it's like, it doesn't work like that. It takes, if you want to do it a sustainable way and have lasting, you know, results, like you have to be patient. Mm-hmm. Sucks. I tell people all the time, I'm like, dude, trust me. If there was like a real pill that you could just take. <laughs> yeah. 
and cut out all like the the consistency and the patience and the bull like yeah I'd take it I mean you got to be crazy to say that you wouldn't take it but there's nothing out there mm -hmm. that, that is true and sustainable and lasting that is quick yeah, and there's some pills out there, but they are not healthy. <laughs> so it's no, like, no, they're not. You're going to gain that weight right back. It's going to destroy your adrenal system and you know your nervous system. I know people that that starved themselves and dieted and took diet pills, and then you know they they hit their 40s and they're just they have autoimmune diseases. They have their hormones are way out of whack. They totally fucked up their hormones. They go through early onset menopause. That's from years of dieting. That's what that's from years of starvation and malnutrition essentially and you can't do that well and there's i think there's a lot of things that we don't really know what the consequences are yet you know like i have been very open and vocal about getting cool sculpting done and how it has really i mean it ruined my body like there's indents in in the fat layer on my legs and and I ended up having some lipo to smooth it out and he told me I'd probably need like at least two more sessions and I was like nope I'm not I'm not interested in that I just didn't want it to be quite so crazy and obvious but there is tissue that hardens scar tissue from the freezing process that's there and I don't know if I am capable of losing how much fat I could actually lose because I've had it removed from my body right so where are the studies on that, that that tell us, oh, hey, these people who had liposuction or these people who had full sculpting done have a harder time losing fat in general because their body wants yeah. to maintain a certain amount of fat cells, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, we don't know all of the consequences of the things that we're doing, these quick fixes until like way later and it could be too late. That's fascinating. And that's true. I never thought of that ever. I've never had anything like that done before. I was always scared of doing that. For that <laughs> so like, thanks for validating my fear. No, yeah. I just, I hate that, that you had a negative experience with that. I do. I have heard of people that have had positive experience, but like you said, what a long term. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, what are you doing underneath my skin there? What's going on? Yeah. I, I never wanted to go under the knife for fat or whatever. I was like, I don't want lipo. Hell no. That's way too extreme. And so when the whole like cool sculpting miracle, like you could go right to work, quick recovery, no knives. I was like, what? You can get rid of my fat. It'll just leave my body naturally. Sign me up. And when I went, I was in such a like a high pressure, almost like situation. It was like I had to check off all these spots in my body that I was unhappy with. And and like that raised my anxiety a level. And then it was like, okay, now sit down and get financing with us right now. And it was like, wow. And back up and I and I felt like I couldn't back out of it like you know oh we're giving you this 20% off and all this stuff so I didn't listen to my body I didn't listen to my intuition that was like screaming at me to please don't do this and it was just as I was getting into fitness if I had waited maybe six months or so and gotten into you know real fitness and weightlifting and learned about you know food I started to learn about nutrition and stuff six to eight months we'd be having a completely different conversation on this because I would have realized what it actually took to get, achieve the look and the results and the goals that I had, as opposed to, well, I know I'm going to be doing this fitness stuff, but maybe this will give me a little bump, like a little head start, you know? And it fucked me. <laughs> uh, I mean, your body looks amazing, but I know it, for you personally, you feel it's, you got to be in it. And so 
you know, I'm yeah. just an outsider. I'm telling you, like, I would have never known. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, and like I said, you know, we had a smooth over, but also like, I don't feel bad about it anymore. I used to right. look at it and like, just see like these pockets of like self-hate on my body and how dare, how could I do this to myself? And it took me a long time to forgive myself for it. And now the only reason why I talk about it isn't because of my feelings. It's to prevent other women, you know, I'm like, save women <laughs> to go through this, what I went through because it's, it was emotional and terrible. And I had all kinds of things I had to work through from it. And I, I get emails all the time from women saying that they have had something similar happen. And it crushes my heart because mm-hmm. maybe they're not able to get to the place that I'm at now after mm-hmm. I've gone through that. And I know what they're going through. So yeah, I think, you know, the consequences of the quick fix, I mean, they're never, it's never worth it. Well, like I had a friend who's very, very thin, but doesn't ever work out. So she's like a beautiful woman, very thin, but you know, has mushy areas because she refuses to work out. Right. And, you know, she's like, I want to get this little pooch sucked out of my stomach. And I'm like, if you worked out that thing, it would be gone in two weeks because you're already thin and you have like a body that's responsive. So if you were, she's like, oh, I'm just going to get it sucked out. But the amount of downtime that she had from that procedure, she had to wear this thing around her stomach. She was swollen. She was black and blue and green. It was six to eight weeks of downtime after that tummy tuck. And I thought, in four weeks, you would have had a six pack if you would have just worked it out. And, and, it going far and the issues with it afterwards. And now it's like lumpy on one side. And I'm just like, you know, I've seen it happen time and time again. I mean, you're not alone with your story. Time, time, and time again, it's happened. And it's just like you said, we get sold into this world of like vanity. And out here in Los Angeles, it's like oh God. times a thousand. I oh. mean, the lips out here are like the woman's lips enter the room before she does. <laughs> wow. Do they really think that looks good? But I think it's just like this huge reality of what they just searching for youth or for beauty or for, for whatever. And then you, then you get a little bit and then you have to get more because then you have to do something else and then you have to do something else because it's, it's uneven. And then, and then before you know it, you're down the slippery slope of bad plastic surgery and insecurity and anxiety. Yeah. And then it just makes your feelings about yourself even worse than they were to begin with. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I remember looking at my, the before picture of my thighs and I like started crying because I was like, oh. they were beautiful. Oh. Like, There's nothing wrong with them. You oh. know, like how dysmorphic was I at the time where I was just like, they're fat and gross. I mean, when I first got into like fitness, I asked the coach like, okay, so like, how do you break down muscle? Like, because my legs have always been very muscular. So I'm like, I do. I've always had the same. I like so. I have turkey drumstick legs. And it's like, <laughs> I hated it when I was young. And now I'm like, okay. I love it now. I yeah. love it. And I was like, how do I break? So if I run a lot, like I hate running, but if I like just run long distance, like will it break down the muscle in my legs and like go away? And he was like, oh, like the awful. <laughs> I know it's like, can I have like Ellen McPherson, Heidi Klum legs? No, it's never going to be on me. Like I'm five foot four and a more muscular body type. So, and you too. And that's like, you know, and then I know people that are long and lean are like, oh, I wish I had your muscular legs. I'm like, we always want what we don't have. It's insane. For sure. sure. 
I think getting to the point where you can actually, you know, look in the mirror and embrace your body and be like, this is what I have. And maybe, I, you know, you can still want to improve it. I think like when people think about self-love or loving your body, they think, well, if I love my body, I shouldn't want to improve it. So and it's like, you can still want to do stuff, you know, it's okay. It's just not about looking in the mirror and being like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, we all, most of us have cellulite. Most of us have stretch marks. Most of us have, you know, things that society has deemed to be a flaw because it gets photoshopped out. And it's just like, dude, it's your body. Like I've never given a shit about stretch marks. I had stretch, I have stretch marks on my outer thighs that I've had since I was like, who even knows, like 14, 12, who knows? Uh, I don't care. <laughs> no, I've never really cared either. And I, ha- I got, cause you know, I had my son and I got stretch marks like on the side of my legs and then like on the bottom of my stomach, lower. And it bothered me at first because they were kind of red because they came yeah. so fast. But then over time, they faded to silvery, hardly anything. And I got like kind of a tattoo over one of them just to kind of like cover it up. And then after that, I'm like, who cares? Yeah. But I remember it wasn't maybe five or six years ago, I was in a bikini and I was feeling really confident because I've been working out so hard. I got my body like really looking good. And so I bought a new bikini and I was like, I was feeling. You know, one of those very rare times in your life when you feel confident in a bikini, and I was there. And I, we were at this poolside party. It was either Miami or Vegas, I can't remember. And I had one of my friends say, hey, have you ever thought about, like, having those removed? It's like she pointed them out, not in a mean way, but in a way like, you know, you could get those lasered off. Like, you have a great body. You should get those lasered off. And I'm like, I'm thinking I look good. And you're telling me, anyway, what? Like, I've never been kicked out of bed by any guy because of my stretch marks. Like, why are you going to put this in my head? But it just made me realize it's like, you know, we're just so conditioned, like you said, about like Photoshop and reality, man. It's just not. It's not a real body. It's not real. Yeah. Well, on that note. (laughs) (laughs) We totally went way off the diet train, but it all ties together. (laughs) Yeah. I like it though. I think it's important. I think, you know, there's just so many things that I think women especially, and that's who mostly listens to this, is, you know, I think we struggle with so many things with our bodies and it really does start with our diet. I mean, it does. It does. You're exactly right. So here's the balance. Balance. That's like, I want to get like a, just a big sign in my office, just balance. (laughs) That's the key to life. It is. And finding what balance works for you. Exactly. Your own internal balance. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Rebel Babe Cave. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to subscribe and we'd love it if you left a review. See you next week.